The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Mejanomics with your host, a friend of Mejigoria. Just six days ago or so, Our Lady said, Dear children, you are not aware of the graces that you are living at this time in which the Most High has given you signs for you to open and to convert. What is it that you're not aware of the graces that you're living in this time? We have so many people complaining about everything. Everything is going about the economy, how the world's falling apart. But we're still intact. Things are still moving along really relative good compared to what people did even in flourishing times of the roaring 20s before the Depression. We've got conveniences that we're not aware of because they're so normed into our life, that we don't even see the luxury of turning on a little handle and water flowing out, hot or cold. It's a privilege and a grace just to receive cold water compared to what somebody had to do 200 years ago or even 50 years ago. It's an incredible grace, a convenience 
that we don't see nor recognize or sit down and kneel down and pray to God the Father, thank you for this water flowing through this faucet. Are we going to come to a time when we're going to be very aware of this, when we'll be just thankful that we can walk a 100 yards from our house to a creek and get fresh water? As augurous as that would be, thinking, thank you, God, for this creek right here, because many houses won't have it within 100 yards or, or a mile. Where are you going to get your water? About half the economic analysis that was polled for Wall Street Wondering, being asked the question, do you think the easing of the Federal Reserve and the policies they took is going to end good? They said, no, it's going to end very bad. The signs are everywhere. This is what our lady says after that. Grace is that you're living at this time. We don't recognize it. And she says, in which the Most High is giving you signs to open and convert. We need to see these signs that's in front of us that we're not aware of and thank God we can open a handle of a refrigerator door, pull it on it, and everything is fresh and cool. And what's more, something's working for us, like electricity, that really, really in reality we're paying just a few cents for. It's just to run the refrigerator. What is it, like $36 a year or something like that? The average refrigerator? Well, say if it's 75 that's nothing. For something to say, hey, I'm going to keep your food cool for a whole year, your your meats and other things and vegetables or whatever you have frozen throughout the year for, for $75. Are we aware of that? There's a lot of reports right now. Average price of electricity is climbing to an all-time high. It's true. But look what it does. I remember seeing a billboard going toward downtown Birmingham uh, that they changed for the power company that says uh, shows a dime on it uh, for the average hot water shower then a quarter for something else things work for us as slaves for nothing yes as far as history goes and our personal history of where prices were and where they're going to, it's all going to inflation. It's going to get higher. It's going to get hurt. Food's going to be so expensive. You won't be able to afford it. But really, are we aware of the graces we have? No, and we won't be. And we won't understand it in the same way as when we had to carry a bucket of water to a creek to get our water in the future. You say, if that comes, well, remember our ladies adding this, what you're not aware, giving you signs that you better open up and you better convert. Why? Because you need to be making your feathered nest in the spring rather than waiting for the fall. What if the bird says, well, we're not going to make our nest right now. Spring's nice. We got food all over the place. There's plenty. Why have kids? That's a lot of work. Got to make a nest. Most of you don't have a nest. We want to build a nest for the children, the baby birds. I just want to go and have fun. Let's just eat. We'll fly the skies and have whatever we want to do. What about the squirrel storing up his nest? It's nuts. We'll just play all summer, eat fat, and lay in the sun. Lay on a branch. What happens in the wintertime? You starve. What happens to the birds? They die out because they don't procreate. They're designed in nature for nature to speak to man to tell him what he needs to be doing. There's a report out right now. Americans' teens don't want to work. 
says, here's yet another thing your teenager doesn't want to do this summer. Get a job. They're talking about people from 16 to 19 years old. They don't want to work no more. Not in the house. Not on the jobs. Not on the duties. We've never paid our children here allowances. We're against that. Why? Because they eat food that we provide for. It's their duty. They need to realize that they don't work in the house for money or even on the the family operations. If it's a farm, if it's a store, you know, as they get older, yes. But when you're rearing kids while they're in high school, they don't have to have that. Why do you think they got to go do money? We we have everything here with we need. A caritas, we build it within a framework. And we don't work for money. We don't want our kids realizing that they, oh, let's just work for money. Of course, that is another system. But even today, even the kids don't even want to work for money today because they get everything. And a lot of, a lot of parents that don't push that. We have so much deception happening in front of ourselves of what we take for granted that we are not aware of the graces that we're living in this time. We got it made. The complaint can be only made about our sins and how the society is in a decline and how we have to be holy to incline the future culture that we will take over, which will be augurous, which is going to be harder work, which is going to be very laborious, And not pleasant, but it will be happy. It will be consoling. There'll be a consolation because it's ordained in Genesis. By the sweat of your brow shall you eat. And people that's worked the soil, people that's had gardens, people that have done these things and picked that ripe tomato or that ear of corn, that something comes from that. It's grace. It's divine because it's ordained. Not carpentry like Jesus was. That's what he was. Joseph and Jesus, I'm sure, Jesus helped Joseph. They had their kitchen garden because it was a grand society. The whole world was agrarian. It was close at hand. You had the refined women walking around New York with their parasols, long dresses, houses next to each other, and just dogs walking walk the streets. No, pigs were. I've got a sketch showing that, a pencil drawing, a beautiful Sunday, and I thought these, for years I thought it was Four or five dogs walking. It's pigs. They didn't have the vehicles to take it from 1,500 miles away in Iowa down to here to Alabama and give us pork or wherever you live or Manhattan today. All these things are to provoke thought. You should start thinking because we're under deception. Everything today is deception. This comes from the July issue of Alabama Living magazine. It was written by Gary Smith, who's the president and CEO of Power South Energy Cooperative. It's entitled Hollow World. I saw Apocalypse Now, the movie, in 1979. I still remember how troubled and exhausted I was when it ended. The sheer violence and gore were horrific and sickening, but the pathology of the characters was deeply disturbing. The most memorable scene for me was Robert Duvall's Colonel Bill Kilgore telling Martin Sheen's Captain Willard, I love the smell of napalm in the morning as American planes carpet-bombed an enemy outpost in the background. 
I assumed Apocalypse Now was merely Francis Ford Coppola's statement against the madness of the Vietnam War. However, I recently read in an issue of Ben Hunt's Epsilon Theory, and confirmed by Wikipedia, that it is based on Joseph Conrad's 1914 novella, Heart of Darkness, set around Africa's ivory trade. They share darkness and a central character, Colonel Kurtz. The plot of Apocalypse Now is Willard's mission into Cambodia to assassinate Marlon Brando's Kurtz, who had gone rogue, abandoned his command, established his own empire, and was administering his own brand of justice over friend and foe, all to the embarrassment of the U.S. Army. Willard suffers from his own set of demons, but is desperate for a mission to define himself and sets out to assassinate Kurtz. That leads to Coppola's litany of violence, death, emptiness, hopelessness, and madness that was the Vietnam War. Through their experiences, both Kurtz and Willard see clearly through the facade of the Vietnam experience. They realize it has no underlying reason or purpose. They both fully appreciate their own role in the war and come to know the heart of darkness and horror that was Vietnam in their own ways, but they react differently, Willard sticking with his mission and Kurtz abandoning his. There is emptiness and madness today, but the methods are different. Almost everyone, whether they are in medicine, finance, technology, banking, government, or energy, express similar complaints of the futility of their mission because of regulations or inequities invoked by public officials. Honesty, integrity, and transparency have always been in short supply, but events and facades erected around the Great Recession have made it more acceptable to intentionally mislead and alter facts, if not just outright lie. There is style but no substance, and leaders with words but no values. Lies are offered without conscience, regulation without reason, and politics without policy. The ends, so long as they are mine, justify any means, regardless of the cost. Mass media spin campaigns have replaced the truth. Leaders hold themselves above the law and regulation that governs the masses. We are encouraged to shirk our responsibilities and expect our neighbors or the government to pay our debts. We are taught that we are entitled to what others have earned. We are stripped of our dignity, our character, our honor, and more importantly, our self-worth. That is the hollow world we live in, a world not so different from Kurtz's and Willard's. The situation is cast in a line from Apocalypse Now when Kurtz and Willard first meet. Kurtz asks Willard why the army wants to terminate his command. Willard says, They told me you had gone totally insane and that your methods were unsound. Kurtz says, Are my methods unsound? Willard, I don't see any method at all, sir. Kurtz, I expected someone like you. What did you expect? Are you an assassin? Willard, I'm a soldier. Kurtz, you're neither. You're an errand boy sent by grocery clerks to collect a debt. We are still led and governed by grocery clerks anxious to collect their debts, impart their rules, and impose their values regardless of the cost. There are at times no methods, just agendas. 
Joseph Conrad wrote in Heart of Darkness, It is my belief that no man ever understands quite his own artful dodges to escape from the grim shadow of self-knowledge. The question is not how to get cured, but how to live, unquote. It is a hollow world, and it appears at times overwhelmingly hollow. There is little we can do to cure it, but it is important we understand it, come to terms with it, influence its direction the best we can, and learn how to live with it. Will we respond by staying with our mission like Willard, or abandoning it and going rogue like Kurtz? I will end by quoting T.S. Eliot's The Hollow Men, a commentary on the heart of darkness. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. Willard, Martin Sheen, in Apocalypse Now. He and I were sitting in Medjugorje. He was on his bed. We stayed up probably to 2 o'clock in the morning, just talking about different things in his life. And Martin Sheen had said that he went through a conversion experience. It's interesting what the CEO writes because Martin Sheen really was living a deception to that point. And when he filmed Apocalypse Now, he said he was in the jungle and he had a heart attack. He hadn't been going to Mass. He had already explained earlier that evening his name was named after Bishop Sheen. So as a Catholic boy, he was interested in the faith. He fell away from it. And he was living in Hollywood. I mean, you got that money and that kind of fame. Why do you want God? You don't need it. And so deception of the devil comes through the material things that we have that make us unaware of the graces we're living because we don't need God. He didn't need God. He didn't give God to his kids, Emilio and, and the others. And so he's on the, the set. He's in a tent. And he explains that he felt bad and he realized something was going on and he has a massive heart attack. The producers were away from him for a ways and he knew he had to get to them or he was going to die. He couldn't walk, so he's on all fours like a dog. Isn't it interesting how God puts you on your knees and humbles you when you have everything in the world you'd ever want? And you don't need God. You don't depend on Him. You're not aware of the graces that you're living. So Martin's making this struggle. He said it's quite a distance. And he realizes he's going to die. And what does he do? In his deception, he shakes it off and realizes the reality that he may be in front of God in a moment. And he says, and he tells the story. Late that night, that I turned to God. I'm looking at the ground. I'm standing on all fours, trying to move. I said, God, I promise you, I'll start going to daily mass if you save me. He made it to the producers and he recovered. So we're sitting there that night in Medjugorje telling all kinds of stories. But everything tells us that we all have lived deception and ongoing deception. And yes, some may say Martin Sheen, because he's on the left of the issues, may be living deception. We all have this. Our lady says, I'm coming on the second of the month, not just for people who don't believe, but for you, 
They're first for you. They're first for me. They're first for Caritas, who disseminates the messages around the world. We have to look at our own self. Where we live in deception. And the whole basis of Medjugorje is bring us to the reality of what is real. The oracle ended, how to live life. And that's what we have in our room, how to live a new way of life. Or rather, how to live a way of life in a new time. Because we're coming into a new time when we're going to be very acutely aware of the graces that we have. And we'll be thankful for a fresh, cool drip of water from a well. Rather than opening the refrigerator up and it be nice cold. Or just drinking out of a hot puddle if that's all you got. Who knows where we're going to be? Martin didn't know three hours before that he was going to be on his knees. Face to face with an encounter with God because he didn't need them. He had money. He had everything. What does he need God for? Everything. Money can't save you. I don't care how many millions you think you have, how secure you are, how you place, even your food, even your food chain, everything's stored up. Everybody's been listening to much. You're not safe without God. Because Christianity is under attack. You're going to need more than what you can do and prepare on a financial level. You have to prepare spiritually and physical. If you're not doing both, you're not going to make it into the future. Except maybe on your knees and crawling when you got a point where you're facing something very critical and you're going to be forced into a decision. You want to wait to that time? Alex says, now's the time of grace. Use it well. Don't wait. She says, you're not time's master. And so it's interesting she ties in not aware with God-given signs. Signs for what? To open and convert. Martin opened his heart and converted. Several years later, Martin Sheen calls me. He says, I need your help. I made a big mistake. I raised my kids without God. They were going to run an intervention on one of his sons because he has his addiction. Basically, they were going to kidnap him, throw him in a clinic. I just need prayer support. See, Martin knew his money couldn't do it. He knew the clinic couldn't do it. He knew the kidnappers couldn't do it because it's basically kidnapping. And, of course, you get them in a clinic and they're not going to charge you with kidnapping, but that's that's basically what it is. And he said, I'm asking you, would you get the community to pray? I said, yeah, we'll do that. But see, Martin grew. He realized he has to depend on God, his means and pushing a button and doing these things or saying go here, go there with my money or do that. It won't work all the time. It's a help, yeah. But if God's not first that you go to, then no means of wealth is good to go to. So we got deception everywhere. Yesterday, it was reported that the stock markets zoomed up. You know what the reason was? Because the quarter or the second quarter releasing of the second quarter um, job markets and economy was up 4% over the quarter before that, the first quarter. That's that's something to rally about, right? Well, let me ask you a question. What months are the first quarter? Yes, you're right. January, February, March. What, the second question I'd like to ask you is what months are the second quarter? April, May, and June. 
Think about that. Second quarter's 4% growth over the first quarter. So what happens after Christmas, November, October, everybody's getting ready for Christmas. They're getting ready for Thanksgiving. They're getting ready for the first of the year. Everybody's spending money. They're buying the products. September, they're ordering ordering the, the products. The stores are full. What happens the day after Christmas? And even further, what happens the day after January 1st? Crash. What are people doing? Waiting out the winter, sitting in the snowstorms, getting house damaged, getting the trees damaged, getting the yards damaged, the salt damage on the cars, the streets, the roads. So that goes through January, February, March. And then April, what happens? The birds start making the nest. Everywhere you look, they're singing. Everybody's doing stuff. People's energized. People are hiring more people because they need more people to carry the products that's going out and buying the seeds, hoeing the garden, fixing the landscape, cutting the trees, trimming things up, fixing the roof, and all the things from the storms. There's activity. It's a normal thing. There was no growth in the second quarter yesterday. The stock people know this. So they buy all the stock they can. They know this report's going to come out, and like it does every spring, whether the economy is bad or good, people have activity in spring because if you don't plant, you don't eat. And that principle goes for everything else. You don't fix your yard. You don't look good the rest of the summer. You don't spend money in, in the winter because what is there to do? You're going to go to the beach? Yeah, if you got money, you can get on an airplane, but you're not going to go locally in most places or parks when a blizzard's going on. So they take that money in the second quarter. They spend it. It's a natural growth. There's no growth in it. It was a normal cycle. But the stock markets are very deceptive. They capitalize on that, and they report, and everybody comes out and say, oh, there's great growth, 4%. And you know what happened? The stock markets rallied yesterday, and all those stock market people who knows what's going on bought low because they know they can sell off that morning when that's released. They sold it, and you know what happens that afternoon? It all crashed back down. It was just a short rally. It excited the stock market. No, it excited the people in the stock market who knows what's going to happen. And those dummies who buy their stock because it's rallying up just lost a lot of money. And those people who invest in your retirements, if you're not in the stock markets and all the other kind of funds and all the insurance, everything they're stocking up on, they all got took and their retirements went backwards. Deception. A total false deception. People don't know how to see this. Immediately when I read this, I knew what was going on. I've never heard anybody explain that to me, but I knew I worked outdoors and in excavation and landscaping and doing planning and things like that. You know, January, February, and March, you don't know what you're going to do. By the first week in March is over, you don't even know the calls coming in, what you're going to be doing in April and June. You, You book up all the way through June every year. That's the cycle. That's how it works. Good economy or bad economy? It's three very, very productive works, uh, quarters, months. So we don't even know how to see things anymore. People don't even realize, I mean, how many people even own stock? You probably got something, if you got some investments somewhere as far as your retirements or whatever, your 401ks, yeah, they play with that stuff. But you're losing. Why do you want to be a part of that? 
what the CEO wrote about the apocalypse now, the reality that came to that, what Martin did in coming to reality, the deception. We got to be aware of our surroundings and the blessings we have, quit complaining and move toward conversion, open our hearts and change physically everything around us. You don't want to be caught off guard. You don't want to be caught in the winter. You don't want to be flying around and enjoying yourself and not working and doing what these teenagers don't want jobs anymore. And then suddenly, you've got no children because you didn't want to get married and you don't have those, just like the birds didn't make the nest and then they don't have anything to procreate because all the birds decided it was going to be holidays to the spring and summer and then fall hits. Or the squirrels, they want to store everything up because they want to just enjoy themselves chasing each other. And then they don't eat. Nature is speaking. And bigger than that, God is speaking to the Holy Virgin Mary. You don't want to accept that? You don't want to believe it? It's your loss. I believe it. I stand behind it. I don't need somebody to tell me I need church approval. It is there, it is real, it is believable. The fruit produces everywhere around the world things being changed around through Medjugorje alone. It's not the Vatican, it's not the hierarchy, it's not a people, it's Medjugorje. It's the Queen of Peace. She's coming. And it's real as real can be. In fact, it's the most real thing we have in the earth, even though I can't see her when I'm with Maria. There's nothing more real in my life right now than the Virgin Mary and what she's doing. Frank? Amen. And we are experiencing, uh, you know, many are saying they're experiencing particular trials and particular attacks that they they haven't experienced to this degree, that, that uh, this aggressiveness. And these are graces that we need to be brought to our knees because the... Spiritual conversion is is the important side of preparedness because uh, the the enemy is going to be more aggressive, and um, we need to use this time and understand these graces and these crosses as as gifts that uh, will benefit benefit us tremendously in the future if we allow them to if we get on our knees and allow this suffering to change and. Uh, you know, the things that you talk about, an economy better than the 20s, and, and we really are experiencing this ease. And the, the length of the quantitative easing, no one could have imagined in, in 2008 that the bond purchases in the trillions and, and the things that the Fed was doing. And now the Fed says that they're going to uh, taper and, and stop easing. We can't hide from natural law. We can't hide from inflation. Money creation is inflationary. It is going to cause things to go up. And inflation causes people to grab for real things. And when they grab for real things, the whole thing can come down very, very rapidly. And there's there's no truth to 4% increases. The, the, the economic news are cheerleaders. They won't tell you what's really going on or how really bad it is. You can't go from, you can't stay at 0% interest. You It has to t- to tick up, and this is disaster. You can't hide from inflation forever. You can't trick the numbers forever. And when it begins to happen, it could it could very well happen in, in spades. And uh, that's the purpose of our ministry, to get into God's system of natural law 
into his system of something that appears to be going down when by natural law it can't be going down. It's really the most important uh, in industrial metal, and it is a metal that's been synonymous with money longer than anything else in the world. And so you can manipulate it for a time, but all that does is provide opportunities for the very few that have the grace to see it. And we're here. There's nothing, you know, we are starting a business. We have a very good um, support staff here and a very, you know, very good help at Global. And that is that will always be our priority. It's a ministry. And um, we know that the people that call us are the hope for the future. And uh, this is what Our Lady has come for. And those that are following her are to be light and, and we're the hope for the future. So we take it very seriously and we're here for anyone that wants to talk to us about these things and the importance, particularly of community. Frank, because, your, con- your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Any other comment you'd like? And with, yeah, um, it's just time to to prepare. And if there's anything that we can do for you here at Global, feel free to call us, and we'd be happy to help. We need to finish this with a real strong point that being aware of what's around us, graces is around us, and then the deception because everything's a deception. It's amazing where you go looking, and you're looking more with the, not a critical. Not analytical and always criticizing something or find fault finding, but you do need to be in a critical mode to know when you're being deceived. Immediately when I read, I didn't have to go study or see somebody else's writings on this 4% over the first quarter. I lived outside in the spring and worked in the winter and know those conditions. And those conditions in nature tells, tells me what the conditions of the stock market and why they do what they do. They knew it was going to fall. So they, they bought all the stock they could buy, then sold it when it rallied up because of the news, made a false wave that just filtered out to nothing, and then bought probably all the stock back that afternoon. So they made the profit on the high buy, then went bought, they bought it low again. This is how it works. It's just deception. Even Sunday Mass, sitting there, Deception. The second reading was from Romans eight twenty eight thirty. False, totally false. Starts off with brothers and sisters. They're putting this, these in the missalettes. Why do we think we have to add that? This all is such a deception. It just amazes me that nobody in the church will stand up against it and say, we're not going to follow that. See, God made Adam and all forth from that, even Eve. Adam really is the first one and only man that ever had a baby. Came from a rib. And she was born full grown. He's first, she's second. Doesn't mean she's second rate. In fact, he looked at her and thought, man, this is first rate. A whole lot better than another man. But the deception is, we've got to reverse everything. The deception to Eve was reverse the roles. And Adam submitted to her and ate at her promptings whatever it was that he did. And so we got it in mass. We've got the readings coming in all the dioceses across the United States. 
saying, brothers and sisters, it's not that way. This is a deception. And people think it's just, oh, well, just a minor point or just something on the soapbox. This is serious. This is how everything changes. It's through verbiage. And now that you can progress inside the reading, it says, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among brothers and sisters. I got a question to the bishops. Why are you allowing the scriptures, the Holy Bible, the Word of God to be changed in the churches through these mislets? How come you're not calling these mislet companies and say, we will cancel your subscriptions if you don't change this to the truth because it's false and it's clear? Our bishops... Please get rid of the curtain of power that surrounds you with these committees giving you information. Spend one hour a day reading on your own and discerning on your own. You don't need, well, I don't come with a committee to commit what I'm doing even on the radio. Yes, I'll make sure it's theologically correct. I want to abide by the church. I want to go by the hierarchy and all the obedience and jurisdictions. Yes, I'll do that. But I'm a big boy. And a bishop is a big, big position. And there's some things you don't have to consult with a whole panel of advisors that you know in your heart you can make the decision. I want to know why there's a decision in any diocese that allows this in their, in their diocese to change scriptures and add the word sisters because we want to make sure the scriptures are conforming to what the political correct world, which is satanic, wants to say. Do you want to know what the Bible says? Firstborn among many brothers. There's no sisters in it. They've added that, and we think, oh, we'll overlook that. This is the Holy Bible. Take it seriously. Please, shepherds, our bishops, start taking things more seriously. Start looking at them. Start The Pope, one time, is caught last week or so doing exorcism. Goes all over the world. And then they endorsed to the Vatican a whole organization of exorcists. The Pope says to go to your pastors, inform them. There's a disconnect with the past the bishops and the and the and the, the laity. A real disconnect. There's too much between them and that. You say, Well, I get to the people. People are dying in their marriages. They're dying in their souls because you're not acting. We want to see action. We don't want to see any more letters. We don't want to see any more bishop conferences that puts out all kind of writings. We want action. Alito, deal with this man on the Supreme Court. He voted for the health care thing. Deal with him. He's already dealt it himself. The bishop over him can officiate that. You've done excommunication. Oh, well, he ruled in favor of Hobby Lobby. So what? Look at all the damage done. Where's your courage? Where's your power that you have? You exercise on things like us or somebody else or other people across the country. The people that's doing things across the world. Got to be monitored. Got to be monitored. Monitor what's blatant. 
We're producing fruit, conversion, filling the pews in the Catholic Church, and even Protestant churches, and even Jewish people, and even Mormons are becoming more Christian through this mission of Caritas. But the Virgin Mary and all this stuff in Medjugorje, we got to lay low with this. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a bit. Let's just go to the gospel Sunday. Another deception. And I want to ask the bishops, why do you allow this to take place? I'd really like to know. I don't understand it. Please, as a Catholic, a faithful Catholic, who respects the bishops, the office, and who you are, I want you to explain to me why we have this included in the bracket text of long form. And a few years ago before that, complaint probably changed this. It said, for the short form, read this. But it said, included bracket text text for long form. You know the gospel? How many sentences are in the gospel this Sunday? Nine sentences. And about three of those sentences are very short. So you could say they're not even longer than sentences. So you could even say about the content of a paragraph, the content of about six sentences. And do you know what the to read the long form in the short gospel is? The first three sentences. The whole rest of the six sentences is bracketed. Ask yourself, sit in your office and read that and say, well, what, what is the logic in taking a short gospel and bracketing six sentences to be minus out of the gospel for the faithful? And I've been in churches where I was in Florida. When they bracketed out some, something, in the, I raised my hand to the priest. After the woman got up there, did her thing and bracketed it out, I said, Father, would you please read the rest of Seven, six or seven, eight of the community was standing there. Everybody turned around. What in the world? Didn't the mass this guy saying this? The priest looks at me shocked. And he says, you know, I wanted to read that other part. My whole homily, I was on the rest of that. He came and ate dinner with us afterwards. I'm a layperson. I'm not a bishop. I want to know why the bishops can't look at this and think and lead the church how we need to be fed. But let's go further with this. These six sentences bracketed out, leaving only three sentences for gospel. You can say, well, the priest can read if he wants to. No. What's the option even there for? Except to give something for an agenda. Because I read all these with special interest to see what they're saying. And you know what it is? It's the hard stuff. It's the stuff about going to hell or it's about a wife submitting to a husband. They bracket this stuff out. It's an agenda. It doesn't take a high IQ. With all the theological degrees, it should be simple to look at this. Hey, somebody's got an agenda here. There's something going on with this. What kind of committees are reporting to the Bishop's Conference to do these kinds of things? We need to really look into this. No, we don't need to do anything. You're the Pope of your diocese. You don't have to go to the Bishop's Conference or any other bishops. You are the Pope. Exercise it. So the part they keep bracketed is about the kingdom of heaven, treasure and buried and field, you find peace, all sweet stuff. The second part that's bracketed out is not sweet stuff. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like the net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. And when it is full, they haul it ashore and sit it down and put 
what is good in buckets and what is bad they throw away. We can't tell the children that. We don't want the adults to hear that. That's why the Anglican Church, I think it was Anglican I read a couple of weeks ago, is not going to permit Satan to be mentioned in baptism vows anymore. Or that they're going to be sinners because it offends people. We want everything sweet. We want everything sugar. So let's bracket it out. The Catholic Church is doing it in a reverse way. They're coming out publicly saying we won't do this. We bracket it out so that those who are progressives in the, in the church, those who are the changers or revisionists, can sit there and do that. But it's a threat to me. It's a threat to my faith. It's a threat to me being Catholic, just knowing this is bracketing my miscellet. I don't like it. And neither should a bishop. If he thinks, if he's thoughtful, if he's praying, if he's fasting, if he's sacrificing. What is the bad they throw away? And we continue. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw him, them into a fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding in the teeth. Oh, this is like a rated movie show. This, this is horrible. We shouldn't be saying these things in church. Why do they always bracket out these kinds of statements? Our leader bishops, our shepherds, I'm asking you this question to ask yourself. The church is never going to change until you start standing up, independent of what everybody else is doing, other bishops. It continues, do you understand these things? They answered, they answered yes and replied, then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old, the good and the bad, etc. Am I making too much of this? No, Satan is very deceptive. He makes a lot out of little and it's step by step, incremental gradualism that he brings us down. Our Lady said on November 2nd, 2012, as a mother, I implore you to persevere as my apostles. That's what she calls me to. That's what she calls you to as laity. Some people might have trouble with that. I mean, the Virgin Mary is coming to call us apostles. Yes, that's exactly what she's saying. She says, I am praying to my divine son to give you the divine wisdom and strength because we need that today. We need to speak strongly with our life first, with this witness in the way we live. And then second, do pronouncement. She goes on and says, I am praying that you may discern everything around you according to God's truth and to strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. That's what we're just talking about. How they change the missiles. And all the other changes is distances through verbiage. No big deal. It doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But don't think you're going to do this without our bishops. Our Lady herself says in the same message of November 2nd, 2012, pray for the shepherds because none of this would be possible without them. That's why I'm appealing to you as bishop. Our ladies want us to be risen up as apostles we're ready for it. We're giving our lives for it. We want to do that. But you can either block it or you can allow it. And you're going to have to make that decision. Medjugorje is not something to scoff off, snuff off, or slough off. Medjugorje is something that you have to look at, independent of Medjugorje or the local bishop there. 
because it's in your diocese everywhere. And several bishops are stymied it. You need to make a decision. You need to look at it. It's Ali who says that message at the beginning of this one, November 2nd. As a mother, I implore you to persevere as apostles. She wants to give us wisdom and strength. This plan is big. It's for the salvation of the world. Heavy is the responsibility on those choices our bishops are making right now. Because we won't do it without you. You've got to allow it. Let it blossom. Be like Gamaliel. Well, I don't know if I can accept all this. Maybe not. Maybe so. But if this is from God, I'll be fighting God. Think. We've got to quit depending on the sources that come to us. Look into things ourselves. Judge them through prayer. And what the church teaches us. The second of the month, our ladies come to speak to non-believers. That's first for us. We'll be talking to you two at that point. Until now, let's be praying as Mariana prepares for the second of the month apparition for the whole world to change the church so that the whole world will change through the church. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.